all ninjas. Calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Today on Lime Ninja Radio. Of course, lo and behold, she it came back um, positive. Positive not just for Lyme, but for Babesia and Bartonella and Ehrlichiosis. And um, so the kicker is she said, look, you've got Lyme and this is really bad and I can't treat you. You have to go find somebody to treat you. This podcast is sponsored by the Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker. I'm so excited to tell you about our new Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker. One of the things I hear over and over again, whether it's talking to a patient in my office or consulting over the phone with a client, is just how difficult it is to keep track of progress on their Lyme journey. Recording symptoms daily or even weekly gives them too many data points. There are so many ups and downs, twists and turns that at some point they get lost and confused. The Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker takes all the guesswork out of tracking symptoms with a simple monthly questionnaire. Once a month is the perfect interval to see if that new supplement or protocol is working. Right now, when you take the Symptom Tracker questionnaire, we give you a simple composite score for the month. But we have big plans and the data you enter will not be lost as we roll out new features. Best of all, it's free. Just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker and sign up. That's LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker. You'll be glad you did. Join us every Thursday. Wait a minute. That's the plan anyway. That's the plan. We have not been on our game recently. We're endeavoring to get back on it and come out with a new episode every week. There is so much that we want to teach you. We took a little vacation unannounced, but we're feeling better now. So join us every Thursday on iTunes for the latest episode of Lime Ninja Radio. Hello, I'm your host, McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 245 with Stephanie Silverberg. Also welcome our show producer and the brains behind Lime Ninja Radio, Aurora. Hello, and in this episode, you will learn three main things. Why you should consider a functional medicine doctor for your Lyme journey. Why you should never accept a psychiatric diagnosis from an endocrinologist. And why allowing the bottom to fall out, quote unquote, gives you the opportunity to find out what is important in your life. Thanks, Rora. And a big shout out to all you Lyme ninjas out there. And I met so many of you at Bob Miller's conference out in Denver. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for coming up and saying hello. We had an awesome time. I got to share the stage with some really important, big-name people. Dr. Joseph Mercola was there, Dr. Neil Nathan. We've interviewed Dr. Nathan before. Dr. Stephanie Seneff was there. We've interviewed her also. They're awesome. And Emily and Bob and Beth, who we've also interviewed. So it was all our friends. It was awesome. And we were there too. And all our new friends. So it's just an awesome time out. If you have yet to have your genetics tested to see if there's anything lurking there in the background, 
the the what we're learning with Bob Miller's group is really truly amazing, and I can't encourage you enough to to get that done. The test is only two hundred bucks, and depending on who you consult with, it's anywhere from another one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty bucks uh, to have a consultation done, and it makes can make all the difference in the world. Really, there can be some major genetic. Uh, snips going on, variants going on that are just really a roadblock to healing. So I recommend, you know, once you get your antibiotics together, once you get your herbals, whatever you're doing that way to kill off the bugs, really have a look at your genetics. I think it will go a long way to helping you. That was not meant to be a Bob Miller commercial, but it is. <laughs> I, I believe in it wholeheartedly. There's no doubt about that. Okay. And also... We'd like to welcome all you new listeners. So welcome to Lime Ninja Radio. Aurora and I really appreciate you tuning in. And as you know, Lyme disease is an international problem. Each week we have listeners join you from all over the world. And this past week we've had listeners tune in from Perth to Copenhagen and from Albuquerque to Arlington. Thanks, Aurora. And tell us a little bit about a little little, little bit. A little bit about this week's guest, Stephanie Silverberg. See if you can do better with your pronunciation. Oh, now you've jinxed me. At, <laughs> okay. Stephanie Silverberg. Oh, so nice. <laughs> got acutely sick about three years ago. Neurological symptoms progressed to the point where she was bedbound for three months. Consultations with specialists didn't yield any results, and it wasn't until she visited a functional medicine doctor that she was able to start to regain her health and begin her Lyme journey. She works as a marriage counselor in Ohio. Okay, McKay, why did you want to talk to Stephanie? Very simple reason. We're putting together our Lyme roadmap, our Lyme journey roadmap, with the three steps to reboot, resolve, and restore. So reboot, you know, if things aren't going well, you kind of need to get a handle on things. And for most people with Lyme disease who are struggling, things aren't going well. So sometimes the rebooting is just a minor thing. Sometimes it's a complete reset. But get a handle on things. What your co-infections might be, whether you have mold, whether you have oxalate issues, whether you have iron imbalances, the genetic problems. You need to know all that kind of stuff to move forward confidently through your Lyme journey. So the next thing is resolve, right? You got to fix all those things, right? And that's going to take plan A and plan B. The main thing I want you to do is get that plan B. It doesn't matter what phase you are, get that plan B, and especially if you're in the last phase, Right. The restore. So you're rebuilding, you're feeling good, everything's cranking along. You say, Oh, I'm over this Lyme stuff. You need to have a plan B back there. What happens if you have a flare? What happens if you get sick and things get triggered off again? Without a plan B, you're going to feel really devastated there. So always have that plan B ready. Can't emphasize that enough. And then once you got your plan B, you got your plan, you got your roadmap, go on an information diet. It's time to get off the internet. That's right. Stop listening to Lyme Ninja Radio. <laughs> For a little while, anyway. At least don't binge listen, right? Because it's so easy to do, right? You're up to 3 a.m. Oh, my God, it's 3 a.m. Because you went down a rabbit hole of getting some information. Information isn't going to make you get better. Taking action will. Sleeping will. Eating right will. 
All these things will get you better. Information is truly, truly important. When you're lost, you need to find your way. There's no doubt about it. But once you have a direction, you know what you want to do, and you have a plan B, stop. Do yourself a favor. Give your mind a rest. You can always come back. The internet will always be there. Promise. Aurora's laughing at me. I'm on a rant. A rant and a roll. The, informa- the, the information will will still be there when you... We're not going anywhere, even though recently <laughs> we have been somewhere. We've got 200, almost 250 episodes. You can always come back and listen. The interwebs are forever. They never forget. So take the pressure off yourself. Once you have an idea what you want to do, once you've researched it, made that decision, breathe and just take the steps forward. It's like we've been in our basement... Fixing <laughs> fixing our pressure pump. When you have a well, you need a pump and you need a pressure tank to make it work. Well, our pressure tank failed. So we fixed it, right? And then it broke. <laughs> so I struggled down, went downstairs. I was going to fix my cup of coffee and I turned the water spigot. Nothing, not even a gurgle came out of it. I was so sad because when I went to bed, everything was working again. And if you live in the country and you have no water, that means all kinds of fun things happen and don't happen. Showers and brushing your teeth are the least of your problems. Toilets don't flush when you don't have water. And that's a problem. So we had to go down to the creek, carry water buckets back to the house to flush the toilet. That's right. We're getting graphic here at Keysbrook Farm. <laughs> Aurora is mortified. But, right, so what's my point in all this? Plan B? The point is, is that we went back downstairs and we fixed it. We fixed it again. And then it broke. And then it broke. And then we fixed it again. Again. And tomorrow morning, we may be fixing it again. For a third time. But we've made adjustments each time. Each time, the iteration on the plumbing is a little bit better. Right? We should be doing YouTube videos on (laughs) on plumbing. It's quite a nice system now. It's upgraded (laughs) a little bit. We put in a sediment filter and we've got, anyway, it's all good stuff. The point is, it's a little bit like Lyme disease, right? You're not, sometimes if this were easy, you wouldn't be listening to this right now. You'd be out doing your normal life and you wouldn't have any problems. Lyme disease throws you curves again and again and again. That's why you need the plan B. But also you need to take care of yourself and your spirit and your heart and not get overwhelmed and start doubting what you're going to do. I had a plan for the pump. It was a great plan until it wasn't. And something failed on it that was completely unpredictable. It's like the threading came out of the pump itself. It's like, how did that happen even? It's like, I, I was, my first thought was Aurora went down there and tried to fix something in the middle of the night. That's what it looked like because all the tools were gone too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But that didn't happen. Anyway, I'm, am I rambling? Just a bit. Little bit. I missed you all so much. <laughs> I have to tell you all my stories since we've been away for however many weeks it is. So welcome back. This is going to be the longest episode of Lime Ninja Radio ever. So yes, let's because let's, we have the longest intro ever. The longest intro ever. Hopefully we've at least entertained you and you're laughing along with us. If you need help with your plumbing problems, drop us an email. <laughs> Happy to give you free advice, long distance, pressure tank replacement plumbing. I'm good first name basis with all the plumbing guys at Lowe's right now. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. You're an immense help on Tuesday night or whenever that was. All right. So are we done? I think we're done. We're done. All right. Stephanie, sorry about this long intro. Really, I love speaking with you. I hope we didn't chase everybody away. They really need to listen to you because it's an awesome interview. And here is our interview with Stephanie Silverberg. 
Stephanie, hello. This is McKay Rippey from Lime Ninja Radio. Hey, McKay. Good to hear from you. I'm very excited that you reached out and offered yourself for the interview. Because what you said in your email really touched me. And it really, mm. you know, I've been doing this now for well, how long has it been? Almost five years, right? Almost 250 yeah. Yeah. episodes. And it oh. seems, it seems like yesterday, right? It's like having <laughs> kids that we've covered, yes. you know, gently some of the topics that you brought up in your email. And yeah. after reading the email and your passion is like, you know what? It's time we circle back to this because it, it has been mm-hmm. much too long. But before yeah. we get into that, let's, what's your personal story? And then your entire family has Lyme, which is just awful. Yeah. Can't imagine. Yeah. So let's just yeah. touch briefly on that. Yeah, for sure. Well, first off, let me just say I so appreciate you. You know, I, you have been such a, your show and you have been such a great support through this Lyme journey. Um, you know, probably like most people, when you find out you have Lyme disease, it's, it's, it's so shocking and overwhelming. And, you know, the, the roadmap that you're created is really great too, because you really don't know where to start. There's so many, uh, possibilities and there, there's not, a you know, a good supportive doctors to help you step through it. So you kind of have to find your way and, and your show has been <clears throat> super helpful for me in, in doing just that. Um, so thank you. Um, You're welcome. And that as far, helps. Yeah, it's a little, you know, juice for the, the f- juice for the juicer, fuel for the fuel tank, because we for have sure. been in a little bit of a slump recently, to be honest with yeah. you. And yeah. looking for how do we re-energize and keep this fresh for ourselves so we keep our interest. And just hearing from you say that means really means a lot and i don't know if i can express that in a short period of time but really really appreciate that oh well thank you um it's so much to learn when you find you have lyme disease and you don't have any medical support then um it's really on you to learn and you don't even know where to begin and i I don't even know how I got to you, but I was like, I have got to start finding resources because I'm too sick to read. I'm too sick to go on the internet and search, but what I can do is listen. So, (laughs) so that was, you know, that's been a lot of how I've learned how to try different paths and different techniques and different diets and different doctors and different everything. So, so yeah, I mean, as far as myself, um, I'm trying to, I was trying to think back here. I think it was about three years ago. Um, and, and I, I am absolutely sure that I was sick with Lyme and co-infections prior to that. Um, the doctor that I see now here in, I'm in Cleveland-ish area, and he seems pretty convinced that I've been bit by several ticks because of the amount of co-infections that I have. <clears throat> But um, so there's a history beyond the sort of a more acute history, but let's just stick with the acute history because we've only got an hour. <laughs> but um, so about three years ago, I got really sick and um, 
no, I couldn't figure out what it was. I was supposed to go to the art museum with my children and my husband and a couple friends. And I was, we were going to the car and I had been feeling like I was going to pass out. I just laid on the driveway because I couldn't breathe. And I know if I was having a panic attack or what was happening, but I had been feeling just completely exhausted, like I was going to pass out for weeks. Um, and then it just finally flatlined me. And of course, uh, you know, we went to the emergency room and did all of that. And they sent me home. They did the test and said, well, it's, you know, it's just panic. And I'm like, okay. So this continued to happen to the point where I was unable to get out of bed for about three months. That's um, a really long so that, panic attack. I know, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. I know, and and so of course I could I couldn't work. You know, I had to, I had to tell my um, I'm a marriage and family therapist and a practice in Hudson, Ohio, and the um, gal who owns my practice is a good friend of mine. And I was like, Laura, I I don't know what's going on, but I can't function. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. I lost like 15 pounds. Um, I, anything you can think of, I went in and out of um, kind of coherency. I pretty much slept all day. I had extreme light sensitivity. Um, I was uh, just from a neurological standpoint, I felt like I was going crazy. I would have bouts of, I don't know if it was actual suicidality or um, just intense um, anxiety, but it felt like power surges and they would wake me up not, and I couldn't sleep at all, but if I did fall asleep, it would wake me up out of, out of a sleep into a panic attack. And that would happen for about 15 or 20 minutes and then it would pass. So I knew that it wasn't a classic panic attack where you have a buildup and everything. This is something that's clearly biological, way beyond uh, what I'm aware of as a therapist being yeah, contributing to panic. Let's pause there for a second, because every time people bring this up, I can't emphasize it enough. And that's the yeah. suicidal ideations. Yes. And yeah. they're biological. That happens when people they're get concussions. Totally biological. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's so important yeah. if you can keep that little bit of perspective and realize, okay, this isn't me who wants to kill myself. Right. It's my crazy brain right. that just says, okay, you've got right. so much damage. Let's take you out of the gene pool. And that's not a good yeah. idea. Yeah. That's not a good idea. No. Right. It's, it's the inflammation. It's the bugs. It's what's going on. Absolutely. It is a total neurotransmitter imbalance to the max, but, and, and, you know, and I am a therapist. So when I'm looking at somebody, and you know, there's suicidality potential, I'm watching this build up. I know what I'm looking at. And so that's why this was so bizarre. I had never in my life felt this way. And it would come for bouts of like 15 minutes and then leave. And that went on for a couple of weeks. So, of course, I went to my primary care and he, you know, told me he wanted to put me on Zoloft and, you know, maybe a little Xanax in the, in the meantime. And, and of course, I went my round of endocrinologists and rheumatologists and I, went, I live near Cleveland Clinic and I went to the infectious disease doctor and tested, 
and they even did a Lyme test and I tested negative for Lyme. So I, I didn't, I finally found a functional medicine doctor near me and I thought he's my kind of last resort. And so I went and he said, I'm not exactly sure what is going on with you, but your thyroid levels are all over the place. Uh, you're, you've got all kinds of bizarre blood work going on. So we just need to try to get you balanced out. Um, and so it was kind of about mm, a year to get me to the point where I felt like I could be able to consistently go to work. And I don't even work full time now because I'm not capable. So then actually it was a year later when I, when I was thinking, huh, you know, maybe I should check out Cleveland Clinic, their functional medicine, because I know they have a functional medicine department and it might be covered by insurance. So I went there and I sat down with my doctor and she listened to me and heard my story and, you know, they did all the blood work and everything. And, and she said, I really think this is Lyme disease. And I was like, Lyme disease? What? I hadn't even heard of it. I'm like, what are you talking about, Lyme disease? And she said, yeah, I think that you've had this for a long time. So she said, look, we need to do some blood work uh, to, to see. And um, so she drew some blood and we sent it in the Igenex. And, of course, lo and behold, she it came back um, positive, positive not just for Lyme, but for Babesia and Bartonella and Ehrlichiosis and um, so the kicker is, she says, look, you've got Lyme, and this is really bad, and I can't treat you. You have to go find somebody to treat you. And I'm like, okay. Did she say why? <laughs> so here I, because uh, she I mean, I have my guesses. Yes, she could only treat me for 30 days with doxycycline, yeah. and then she wasn't able to by the standards, uh, clinical clinic standards, she wasn't able to um, treat me further. And she wasn't able to um, refer me out to a doctor because technically that's this doesn't even exist. Really? So it that's even new exist. that they couldn't refer out. Yeah. That's brutal. Just yeah. Brutal. Yeah, it, it is brutal. It is brutal. And, you know, my husband and I just, were completely overwhelmed. Um, but she was able to say, hey, look, you know, you can check at the Global Lyme Alliance. You can check out some of these websites and mm -hmm. they are going to have people who are Lyme literate doctors near you. So that's kind of what I did as well as like doing a, a search and I found my Lyme literate doctor. Of course, you know, he's the only one in, in, in my state that I'm aware of. Um, and my insurance won't cover it. I've been denied three times, but um, so I went to him, but I also knew, I also started thinking beyond that. I was like, wow, you know, my son suffers with some, some uh, different types of neurological issues. Uh, and he's always had some difficulty in that way. And my daughter has had some really strange stuff go on when she was little, like, four and five. Um, so I thought, gosh, is it possible that they have Lyme disease too? And so I went to this Lyme literate doctor and I said, do you think it's possible? And he said, yes. 
And so we sent out tests. We went got their blood, uh, sent out to Igenix and found, in fact, that they both had um, Lyme titers. And they also, my, my son has Bartonella and my daughter has the degenerative. So, um, and then, of course, I'm, and then as I'm reading more, I'm going, okay, so what I'm hearing now, too, is that this can be possibly uh, half transmitted sexually and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, should we get my husband tested? And lo and behold, we did, and he has Lyme and Bartonella. So here I am sitting in a family, unable to work, <laughs> and everybody here has Lyme disease and co-infections. So it was it was quite a journey and God bless my my local Lyme literate doctor because he um he was a godsend in helping me just try to get on the right path and um, try to figure this out. So we are all doing better. None of us are clear. None of us are healed. Uh, I don't even know if that's a possibility, but um, I'm able to work. I'm able to have some decent days. And so... You know, I'm still on the journey. We're all still on the journey. We're, you know, my current thing is my son's got a GI scope because it hits him primarily in the gut and he has neurological stuff. And my daughter has, she struggles a lot with anxiety. Now anxiety and panic attacks have hit her as well as GI. So, you know, we're still fighting the fight here. Um, but at least now we know. And... Yeah. All those doctors that said they're crazy or having panic attacks. I even had a, an endo, a second endocrinologist I went to who told me that I had a personality disorder. And I was like, oh, oh. And, and it's very funny because my husband hadn't even, he hadn't been to a lot of these appointments with me because he had to work. And so that was an appointment he actually came to. And I prepared him. I said, look, we're going to go in here. And she's going to tell me I'm crazy. And so, he said, that's, that's, I can't imagine. And I go, well, watch. Yeah, you're, we in the, went in. you're in the medical we field, sort of. Yeah. So what, yeah. I mean, there's no way an endocrinologist would dare to make a diagnosis no. of, out of their area of expertise, right? There's no way that that's you say, exactly. oh, you know, you've got cancer. I'm going to refer you. Yeah. It, right? Yeah. But, but. They feel very confident saying you have a very difficult to diagnose psychiatric disorder. That's exactly right. And that's and malpractice. I, I couldn't believe Yes, I couldn't even believe she said that. And and you know, and I questioned her, I said, Well, do you do you, first off, that is that is that is a very uh difficult, that is a very severe uh diagnosis that you would give somebody, even in my field, right? This is not something you just hand out like candy and she diagnoses me with that and then I can see Gasper, well, which one do you think I have and she didn't even know what the options were but certainly I not. had one so yeah. so it, and my husband looked at me and he, he was he was in complete shock and he just got up and he said we're leaving so I'm like this is the journey so I mean, part of it is the confusion of not having any clue what's wrong with you. And then the second, that was all, all those doctors before I actually figured out I had Lyme. And then all the doctors telling me, 
that I'm crazy and I'm so sick that I'm starting to think, well, maybe they are seeing something that I don't see, but this just doesn't make any sense because I'm actually a mental health practitioner and this doesn't make sense to me. I actually know a little bit um, about this. Yes. Well, that's, that's so let's, I also want to pause here. You know, your yes. whole family's got Lyme. Did you guys go camping yeah. on like a mouse nest or how, what, I know. I know it's pure speculation, but what do you think happened? Yeah. Well, truthfully, uh, I don't know. We can only speculate. Um, as for myself, there are many places I could have picked up Lyme. I mean, I've, I've uh, before I was a, a therapist, I did musical theater. So I, I toured and I, I lived in Alaska. Okay. Wait a minute. What's the connection between musical theater and Lyme? I got to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more about it's more about the places that my career at that time took me. Okay. You know, I I I lived in places where, and I was out in the wilderness, and you know, I've I've been to a lot of. Uh, kind of there's been a lot of opportunity for me to have come in contact with ticks and not been aware at all you know and so as far as my line as far as my line doctor is concerned he says look we know that this can be passed to your babies absolutely and he said it is quite possible that that is how they have picked this up because we i i honestly mckay i don't know because that's we aren't, we don't go camping. We don't, you know, I mean, we live a pretty sheltered life. I mean, we'll go to a park or, you know, we'll go on a hike, but we're not like, it, I don't, I, I wish I could answer that for you. Do you have yeah, I wish I could answer that for me. We do. We have three cats. Mm-hmm. Inside? Inside, outside? Mm-hmm. No, just inside. Okay. Well, who knows? Yeah. I know it's it's kind of it is probably never know. The truth of the matter is there's so many things that that I'm never going to get answered. And I think that that is part of the journey that that everybody with Lyme I think has to deal with is there's so many questions that you just have to let go because you don't have the energy that takes everything down the rabbit hole. You gotta (laughs) you gotta choose where you're gonna put your energy, you know? That's so true. But this you might know the Mm -hmm. answer to. Was there a trigger yeah. that brought on this flare? Well, I, you know, it was a very high stress time. There were a lot of things going on. We had just moved to a new house and I had just shifted practices and I was waiting for my license to be, um, to, to get under the practice um, so I can work there with the insurance company. So there was this waiting period. It was, it was quite a lot of stress load that really, tri- it, it seemed to flip the trigger of really bringing this to the surface for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's very common. I believe just lack mm-hmm. of sleep, mm-hmm. normal stress. And then, yeah. Yeah, what, whatever, you know, maybe even Lyme secondary, right? Maybe a virus gets its foothold first and weakens things and, that's it. you know, a cascade. That's Ooh, it. We, you know, we don't know. Right? That's we'll, it. we'll never know. That's right. It's that constant, constant, delicate balance between keeping, you know, your, your foot in your 
in your own health and maintaining that enough so that your immunity has the upper hand over all the bugs that are hanging out. <laughs> right. And when that gets split, then you just go down. And for people who, like me, who are dealing with these these types of issues, you really go down. And it takes a long time to struggle yourself back up to find that balance again. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, since I'm a therapist, certainly my journey informs what I see and it has really changed my perspective on my work, um, given it much, much, it's much deeper now. So let's talk about that because I think that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the hard part is now, you know, it's one of those things where you can't unknow what you know. And sometimes you wish you could. <laughs> because part of the struggle that I now face in my practice is that I have this whole different level of biology, physiology, functional medicine, environmental toxicity, just from my own research and study and getting, trying to get myself and my family well that informs the way that I see my patients now. So I see their clinical issues, but I also see a deeper level of something that I have my hands tied around because I don't have any type of certification or ability to, um, you know, treat or help. I see different levels of toxicity that are very biological, that are absolutely contributing to the clinical issues that I see in the room, the anxiety, the panic attacks, the depression. I see these things are so connected now where I just didn't get it before I got sick. So that's kind of the, I guess the good news, the bad news is my hands are tied on that level to help. So my sort of in-between is that I have always copies of Dr. Horowitz's MSIS questionnaire. And if I feel somebody's got, you know, is angling into some of the env these environmental um, illnesses that we're dealing with, um, I'll give them an MSID and I'll say, you know what, take this home and, and, and fill it out and, and see what your score is. And, and if your score is high, then, you know, let's, let's Maybe maybe we get you to a doctor to get those you know officially assessed for you. Um, so that's about as far as I can take it when it comes to helping people from that perspective, from a physical assessment perspective. But I can certainly go in and start doing the work that is the psychological necessity when you have somebody dealing with Lyme. And and the top of the food chain with that is just giving people permission to take care of themselves, to slow down, to have some self-care. Because as we all know, stress, overwhelm, our perspective on all the things that we think are super important to do, these are the things that weigh us down and flip the tilt between sick and health. So that's a big piece of what I start doing is really helping people 
decide what are imp- what's important in their day and what's not so that they can slow down and rest when they need to rest and um, take breaks and not do this or not do that because it's not super important because it just takes too much energy. So, and that's just some generalized good uh, therapy there. That's not even indigenous to any type of chronic disease. Of course, it's important with chronic disease, but just in general, good therapy is teaching people to take care of themselves. Um, Because so many people just, it's just, life is overwhelming. Our our worlds are overwhelming. And we get caught up and that's when we get worse. So it's just that mindfulness around that piece. It's it's a big shift. I'm going to go off track here and um, be your career coach. (laughs) Or cheerleader, maybe. That's a better word. I bet as your healing journey continues and your energy returns and your capacity for creativity and thinking returns that you will find a path that integrates both sides of these whether you call yourself a functional counselor or nutritional informed something there'll be something that you do and it's about time we have separated out you know it's bad enough that we've separated out the body but that we've separated out the mind and the body is just, it's just silly. There's a wonderful yeah. book, and it's probably 20 years <laughs> old now, written by uh, Antonio Damasio. And he's like this super <laughs> genius neurologist, PhD, MD, you know, MPH probably. He may even be a psychiatrist mm-hmm. on top of everything else. And it's called Descartes' Error. And basically, mm-hmm. he goes, traces back the history. So Descartes was in trouble with the church. And when back then, when you were in trouble in the church, they were going to put you on a pile of sticks and burn you. So it was, it was a big deal. And he mm-hmm. said, look, 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 all I want to do is explore this heap of clay called the body. I have no interest mm-hmm. in the mind, no interest in the spirit. You guys can have right. that. So he, yeah. he created this split in order to save his life, basically. And that didn't happen in any yeah. other culture. Now, it's created... Yeah and amazing opportunities to move forward and look at things like we look at things, but it's also created this Mm -hmm. false dichotomy between mind and body. And I'm sure you deal with this in your practice all the time. And I find people with Lyme have this, the same issue is like, I should be strong enough. My mind should be strong enough to overcome this, whether it's my fatigue or my suicidal thoughts or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, pain, even just pain. And what yeah. Damasio says is we forget that it's a two-way street, that everything that mm-hmm. goes into our brain goes through our body first. And so yeah. how we're feeling, our physiology absolutely affects what's going on inside our brain. Absolutely, absolutely. I And, you know, the other piece that's important with people in, in even and it's like backing up, you know, is, is the piece about tuning into you know what's below your head (laughs) because we are so generally speaking as a society frenetic and out of our body that it's hard to be led into self-care as to what you actually need because we are so cut off from the neck down 
So another big piece in, in my practice that I try to help people with in general is, is your body's going to tell you what it needs, but you got to, you got to start listening. You know, you got to start figuring out how to hear it because we are so not a society that is accustomed to doing that. We're just always 20 steps ahead of ourselves. Um, and yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Um, another good book that I, in the very beginning, my first functional medicine doctor gave me was, um, let's see, I think it was When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate. And I don't know uh, if you're familiar with that, but it's another one that kind of supports this mind-body connection and how trauma and your upbringing affects everything. It colors everything. I'm always telling clients that, you know, everything you're doing right now makes perfect sense in the context of the life you lived up until now. So we got to figure out what those overt and covert rules, ideas, thoughts, drives are, and that can help you change now. Um, so that's also part of like, you know, the journey of trying to slow everything down and better self-care and, you know, better um, belief of self too. Changing what you think you deserve and your worth and your sense of empowerment. Yeah, that's so well said. I was in Denver the past week at Bob Miller's conference, his environmental toxic conference. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Neil yeah. Nathan was there. And he has a book that he's published in the past year. In fact, we interviewed him. And he, you know, it's called Toxin. So he goes over mold, yeah. Lyme disease, and EMF. And I think a couple are the yeah. ones that I forget. But mm -hmm. he's basing his work on, uh, and I believe the researcher's name is Navio. Mm -hmm. The idea, it's called the cell danger response. And it's okay. the modern version of ancient wisdom. It's just mm -hmm. understanding it through how we now understand biochemistry and genetics and epigenetics and things like that. And essentially, it's exactly what you're talking about. That the And we yeah. have been talking about in the functional field and the alternative field for decades is there's a memory, right? right? The cells have a memory. And he's saying, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, they have the memory. So it's not even the cells themselves. It's also the tissues and the responses that the body has. And basically, even after you uh, take away the response or, or the, the triggering event, whether it's right. mold or Lyme or all of the above, you know, that's step one. If you can't get rid of the trigger, right? You know, if you're living in an abusive household yeah. and the, the father's an alcoholic- yeah then the child's just going to be yep. traumatized all the time, no matter what. You can't heal, and it's probably dangerous to ask them to try to become a normal human being in that situation. Yep. And it's the same for the body. Absolutely. So until You have to remove yep. all this stuff. But then once it's removed, right, once the father goes to jail, the child's still traumatized. Your body's still traumatized. Yep. And it's just waiting mm -hmm. for any hint of something that smells like, looks like, seems like the original trigger and it'll get fired up all over again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I'm working with, with folks, I always, you know, it, and a good point at that is that I would tell folks, look, you can send yourself into a panic attack right here in this beautiful therapy room with me. by just thinking of something, thinking of a trauma in your past. It's not like 
It's happening now because that is how strong the mind-body connection is. What you perceive is what your body believes is real, and it responds to your perception of reality, not necessarily reality. Mm-hmm. Because in reality, you're sitting in this beautiful room, you just had lunch, you know, it's nice, the good temperature in here, pretty colors, everything's peaceful and copacetic. But if you tap into that trauma, none of that matters because your body is going through the roof based upon what you're putting, what your brain is focusing on in that moment. So it's, there's just no way to disconnect body from mind. Um, and, and absolutely, with trauma response, for sure, if, if mom and dad, if dad's an alcoholic and, you know, a little, little boy, little girl, the kiddo is, is every day when daddy comes from work, um, dad goes after mom, you know, goes, goes after her. And uh, you know, there's cookies in the oven. So, and that happens enough where the cookies, so now the smell of cookies is combined right. with that trauma experience. So you smell cookies and you have a panic attack and you can't figure out why. And it's also innate and deep in the cells, in the cell memory, in the central nervous system. Absolutely. And there are different types of techniques that folks can use, um, therapists can use uh, EMDR, which is sort of a specific trauma technique to try to release that trauma um, from the system, which can be very, very helpful for people. But, you know, my next step here in my Lyme journey is going to be um, doing uh, Annie Hopper's program with the uh, amygdala restructuring. Because I feel like that's that's kind of where I'm at just from this whole traumatizing event because I really do feel like there is PTSD. I I have PTSD from this whole journey. Um, it's just been crazy overwhelming. And just you, you can't even integrate what has been going on. <laughs> yeah. We you know? interviewed uh, Mari Tuen, who's a lovely good grief. She's either Norwegian or Swedish, somewhere from up there, maybe even Danish. Uh, and mm-hmm. we've interviewed her two or three times, once a long, long time ago. And then she contacted me and said, you know, I need to talk about this. And what she's talking about is she went through the neuro reprogramming program and that made yeah. all the difference in the world. It's like, she yeah. said, I had been yeah. doing a million supplements. I've been doing this and that. And I finally got my brain calmed right. down and I'm okay. And I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, we, I mean, that's, know, we have to look at the different levels, right? You can't only look at the genetics. You can't only look right. at the infectious agents. You can't only look at the psychological. You can't only look at your gut, your thyroid horm- and hormones. You have to look at all of it, right? That's Horowitz's yeah. idea, right? Absolutely. And, and I think a big piece that is, so important for people when they get as low as I have been and many people on your show and many people listening have been is you really gotta it brings it to your knees you know you kind of gotta let the bottom drop out and then you gotta rebuild but I find that in just observing people who don't let the bottom fall out that I I observe that they have a harder journey getting back up 
So and it's scary I, I to understand let them what you out. mean by letting the bottom fall out, but that sounds really scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. So what, I know. What I know. do you mean? Because it means something very well, specific to you. I think it's you're actually talking technically, but what what do you yeah. mean by that? Well, I mean, we have these ideas of what we need to do in the world in order to have value and all the things that we need to do to keep our house in order and our life in order, our relationships in order. And a lot of times with people, and Bob Miller has talked about this, these type A personalities are the, are the, they're, the, they're a lot of the culprits for this type of stuff. So it's sort of a reflection on allowing yourself to just not, to just not, to just focus on you and just the very basics. Like, when I was sick, I couldn't make meals. I couldn't make healthy meals. I couldn't make cookies for the PTA. I couldn't even go to work. I couldn't clean my house. I couldn't um, take care of things my husband needs. I couldn't take care of the bills. I couldn't do anything. And it really, that's my bottom dropping out. Okay, so I can't do anything now. So what, how do I, what can I do? What now when I get well, what do I then, how do I want to rebuild this? Like, what is important to me that I'm doing? And, and that's, that's, that's kind of an exciting journey upon reflection. I mean, you know, there's been many guests we've had on, on the show and probably many people out listening who, it's, this is a terrible, horrible situation that we go through for sure, without a doubt. And my life is better. My priorities are better. My values are better now. It caused me, like it kind of pushed me to the ground and caused me to reassess my value system because I couldn't function the way I was functioning before. So I had to let things go and I had to assess what was important to hang on to. And so it's very deliberate now. And that feels kind of, cool you know so if that, does that make sense it does make sense and was this just a complete letting go is like oh thank goodness it's gone or was it did you mourn your life you mourn your what you used to be able to do did you was there you know we talked a little bit earlier about grief yeah well i don't think i mourn that um because it kind of feels pretty freeing and it wasn't a conscious thing. This I'm like reflecting on it now, but truly this came out of a survival mode. This is very, what, what I was doing was just simply surviving. Uh, and now I reflect back and see I was really pulling things in that were important to me. But at the time, it was just like, okay, I need to cook dinner. Okay, I need to spend time with my children. You know, if everything gets wiped away, then what are the needs? And that kind of, how I've been putting one foot in front of the other is, you know, what are the things that are important to me now as a mom, as a woman, as a wife, as a, you know, a marriage and family therapist. And so now my world has come together in a new way where I'm choosing the components. It's not components from my past that I was taught I needed to do because I had all those taken away. (laughs) <laughs> when I was sick, I got everything taken away. So now it's choice, and that's 
that's kind of a cool and freeing place to be, you know? You know, um, people do talk about a created life, right? And, and mm -hmm. kind of choosing that thing. So it's interesting that you went, and it's probably from your training, I would imagine, that you said, okay, right now, what's the most important yeah. thing? And then exactly. choosing that, right? And then after that, yeah. it's like, okay, now what's the most important thing right now? That's right. You know, yes, not, yes. oh, right. too bad I can't do eight things. It's just like, what's the most That's important it. thing right now? That's right. It's putting, putting that one foot next. Okay, just put, take the next step and the next step. And what are you going to fill that with? You know, what's important? So how... And I, you know, like, like I said, it wasn't conscious. It's just how it kind of came together. But how did you balance out everybody else's needs versus your own? Because sometimes the next step is, okay, I need to sleep for 10 hours versus, yeah, yeah. you know, my my kids, you know, want me to read them a bedtime story or something. How right. did you balance that? Well, I have the most amazing husband that anybody could ever have. And I have somebody who... Um, who believed, who, who believed in me, who understood what I was going through. And, you know, God bless him. He has more patience in his pinky than I have in my whole finger, <laughs> in my whole body and everything. So he really um, has been a huge support in filling the gaps. Or, you know, if my friend down the street says, hey, can I bring you dinner? I'm like, you bet you can bring me dinner, you know? So I've had some good people in my life too. And my, like I said, my friend who owns my counseling center, she's so been so kind to say, gosh, you know, take care of yourself. Let us know. We will handle your, your patient load while you're gone. Let us know what you need. So I, I'm lucky that I have a lot of wonderful people in my life that have allowed me um, to, to get up gradually, you know? And I think um, I'm, I'm, super fortunate with that yeah when you see people in your practice who don't have that side of type of support what yeah you know what do you counsel well and that's a toughie because really it is about helping them find that and whether they find that in um in a, a community in, in in a school group a few friends um, an aunt that lives down the street. Ideally, it's great if, if we can bring like the, the husband in or the wife in and, and help them understand what's going on. Um, I certainly have a case right now where I have, I'm counseling a lady and she's just lovely. Um, but you know, her husband isn't super understanding of her exhaustion and, and probable Lyme diagnoses. Um, and so it's really about her doing what she needs to do to take care of herself, even in light of him not understanding. And thank God she has a friend who lives across the street who's amazing. And they're like, more like sisters than friends. So um, it's really helping them to try to find the resources um, that are going to help them support themselves and also empowering them and encouraging them to lead the way for themselves that nobody gets to tell you how many hours of sleep you need. You are actually the expert on that yourself. You know it. You just need to step into the fact that you are the expert on you. You know this. 
um, and helping people understand what you need and not looking for their approval. You know, not looking if they don't understand, then don't waste your energy because you don't have much. <laughs> Put that energy into taking care of you. So it's, it can it can be a rocky, rocky road for some folks, but it, you know, you definitely want to go in and try to help them find the support and find the people who believe they're going through what they're going through, even though they don't have a cancer diagnosis or they aren't walking around, uh, you know, with a cast on their leg, because that's the most difficult part of this and what sets. Lyme and co-infections, aside from a lot of other chronic disorders, it's a difficult road all around for everything. But, hey, if you have lupus, people go, oh, you have lupus. I get it. Or, you know, you ha- you're you know, you're taking chemo. Okay, we got that, you know, or uh, MS. Okay, we understand, you know, you have bouts of up and down. But if you say chronic Lyme disease, then people don't even know what you're talking about. So it, it can be very difficult and you know it is super important that people when they get diagnosed or feel they have this that they are with a good therapist who is going to support and believe them because they need that i had a couple follow-up questions and but you've said that so beautifully and i think you've gotten to the heart of the matter there so let's end our conversation there's at some point You only muddy the water by talking more. <laughs> and you've just done such an amazing job of summing up, you know, not only the difficulties, but really the the first step is like, if you don't have an ally in this journey, yeah. if you don't have a buddy, it's going to be long yeah. and difficult. Yeah, definitely. And that can even be found at online support groups, because I know there's a lot of those going on. And you don't need everybody in the world to join you. You really don't. You just need a few people who really get you and have your back and are there for you. And that, that, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be the, the floor, the basis. You know, it's foundational. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to give your contact information? If you don't, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can. I know that where I'm living, um, I'm not aware of too many people who are even aware of chronic Lyme disease. So I don't know if there are a lot of therapists in my area that um, understand this the way I understand it, uh, specific, different from other chronic illnesses. So um, certainly if somebody wants to find me, um, they can give my, uh, let's see, maybe we can just Give my email. Would that be a good idea? Sure. Okay. So you can email me at silverbergstephanie at yahoo.com. That's S-I-L-V-E-R-B-E-R-G-S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E at yahoo.com. And I work in a practice in Hudson. So, um, but my, that my married name is Silverberg, but in my practice, I go by heck my maiden name. So that's, that's on my license. So I figure. We'll just do that there. So, um, so certainly they can reach out and, um, or, you know, if I, if I can help, that's kind of, kind of my goal. I'm feeling like I'm hoping that I'm on the upswing of this. You just never know that piece, but certainly part of what I feel my purpose is in, in getting this is, 
is being able to, to help someone, to help somebody who's going through this because it's so scary, it's so devastating, and it's so confusing. It's just overwhelming in so many different ways. So if, if this conversation today can help normalize things for people or go, yeah, I know how that feels. I'm not the only one that feels that way. Good, you know, or however it might help. I just, I just hope it does. Stephanie, thanks so much. You've been lovely. Ah, well, thank you once again. I so appreciate you and Lime Ninja Radio. And I was talking to my kids and my, and my, and my daughter who's 10, she said, well, am I a Lime Ninja? I said, you betcha. (laughs) I'll make sure I send you a couple stickers. Oh, that'd be awesome. I said, we're all Lime Ninjas in this house, right? right. It was really lovely hearing Stephanie's story and yes, you know, something she said towards the beginning when she really it seemed like her health started getting kind of a foundation again when she first went to that functional medicine doctor. And I think that just goes to show that a Lyme journey does not necessarily have to begin with that with a diagnosis. Ah, very good point. That you know, she's ta- she's talking about that first meeting with the functional medicine doctor, and that really emphasizes that doing something right now that you know what to do um, is okay, and. It was because of that she was able to get back to work, and it was because of meeting that first person that she was able to get on that path where she did get that eventual diagnosis, and she did get those answers. The basics are the basics. Yeah. Right? And one thing functional medicine is good at is getting down to the basics. Okay, what does this person need to do to be healthy no matter what? So diet foundational, right? You got to get the sugars out. If you're sensitive to gluten and dairy, you got to get that out. If you're sensitive to legumes, to peanuts, get those out. Nightshades, right? The basics. And then basic nutrition, getting the stuff, the supplements, the extra support that you need in. And then the functional things, saunas, sleep, sunshine, appropriate exercise, all those things. So that's a, that's a really good point, Aurora. And it's a reminder to all of us who get focused on, okay, let's go kill the bugs, kill the bugs, antibiotics, herbals, rife. What else we got? Ozone, heat therapy. What else we got? What other bugs are in me? Yeah, get the mold, all that kind of stuff. Oxalates, get it out, get it out, get out. We Don't forget, just the basics. The basics are so important. Now, they may take you 80% of the way there. Really and truly, and then the other twenty percent is is the, the 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 focusing on the the specific things. Now th- that said, that said, Doctor Nathan at the conference with Bob Miller talked about the cell danger response, and the point they bring up with the cell danger response is if there is something consistently triggering your immune system, the danger response within your cells, it has to be removed. So eventually finding, whether it's Lyme, the co-infections, and anything else that's hidden, it's critically important to get rid of that so then you can begin calming your body down. But you're right. You 
you can still make a ton of progress even if you're not 100% sure. So don't, you know, don't say, oh, I'll clean up my diet once I know exactly what it is. I'll go on the Bartonella diet. No, clean up your diet now. The basics can't wait. I think that covers it all. I think so. That was an interesting point, Amara. Thanks for bringing that up. All right. Let's see here. Oh, yep. So if you want to get a copy of our Lime Journey Roadmap, right now it's just a graphic organizer, really something to kind of help you wrap your own mind around your own journey. We'll get more details as time goes on and really build that out into a course or something like that. But just visit our website, LimeNinjaRadio.com. You'll see a button that says Extras, and it's right there. Just download it and uh Put it to best use that you can. If you have some feedback for us, just go ahead, drop us a line at LimeNinjaRadio.com, feedback at LimeNinjaRadio.com. We've got some excellent suggestions on guests, and we're working to bring those people on board and interview them. So keep those suggestions coming. They're awesome. We love them. Keep them coming. And if you like what we're doing here at Lime Ninja Radio, hit the subscribe button on the bottom of your podcast app. That way you won't miss an episode. And if you really like what we're doing, leave us a review. Yes. It helps us reach more people just like you. And you're the people we want to talk to. We love talking to you. As you can tell by my plumbing stories. (laughs) If you're still here, we really, really love you. And lastly, as you longtime Lime Ninjas know, this podcast would not be complete unless Aurora left you with a Lime Ninja fact of the day. So what has your research shown this week? Did you know ninjas can unscramble eggs? Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique, and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.